Okay, everybody. Well, obviously this one is coming out in between regular releases, so this has to be one of our bonus releases. And I've got Drew here with me, and we are going to go over his character one more time now that we've had the big reveal on what's going on there. So, Gurnville, or should I say Creval, um... Why don't you give us a rundown on the changes that's happened with your character here? A lot. A lot more than I even thought. Um, most notably is, uh, at this point in the recordings, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Granville, or Granville Law regained his memory during the uh, trial of Dominance. And uh, that pretty much burned away his... Uh, uncertainty that he felt as Grinvell and he recall you know with that confidence came back his abilities that he always had so that's been a little different because uh while they're both tanks fighters are a lot different than barbarians yes well let's back up a step so during the rite of dominance um Gurnville was hit by the breath weapon of his opponent yeah. and which is the one rule in the entire rite of dominance no breath weapons and that caused whatever it was that was causing him to have some sort of amnesia, whether it's a magical force or a physical force, just to snap. And all of a sudden, he knew who he was again. He knew that he was actually Krival, the war leader of the Snow Owls. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I've given a lot of thought about why, why something as, you know, the wire, the fire damage wasn't even that much, but what was it about it that would cause that to snap through? And I just thought that the only thing I think of is like just in that culture of it is that um, it's like the ultimate insult. Yeah, it was the it was the yeah, ultimate breach of protocol. Yeah, um, for some for a, a group of people that pride themselves on physical strength and dominance, you know, to exhale upon them with impunity and disrespect is just not something that is tolerated in any facet. It's probably one of the very first rules they're taught as children. Yeah. So. The, the, uh, as they say, the God created the mountains to test the faithful. And so the, uh, dragonborn live by a code of honor, a code of Bushido yeah. and, uh, to have broken it so thoroughly, uh, to show such arrogance and, uh, you know, such disregard for the rules was, uh, an insult that, uh, that broke through everything, and all of a sudden, Creval came back. So, why don't you tell us who Creval is? Um, probably by this point, people have heard those titles of more enough times. But for one more time, Creval is the war leader of the Snow Owl clans, and what that means is that he took it upon himself to ascend the ranks of his clan. Um, not all Dragonborn do that. Um, most tend to go to a certain point and be happy, but for whatever reason, he felt obligated to push himself beyond the norms and really see what he could do, and as such, earned accolades and recognition and his scars. Um, for uh, I think for most people listening to this podcast, they'll kind of realize that um, I've 
we've the dungeon master and i have delved into a lot of uh, bushido uh, some native american from the usa and then the maori culture when we thought about the dragonborn and i thought it made a lot of sense actually i was just going with the klingons but yeah let's go with that too well i was going i was <laughs> i was going with the maori and and you know i watched some of their hakas and i you know mm-hmm. did a little light research into how they would scar themselves in order to intimidate and to show mm-hmm. their prowess and whatnot. Exactly. I thought that made a lot of sense for the scars that Grenville had. And if you didn't know what they were, you just think they're scars. So. And, and for the longest time we didn't. It wasn't until it was actually pointed out to him when he returned to the Dragonborn encampment that those actually are the ritual scars mm-hmm. of the rank that he holds in the Dragonborn. Right. And uh, anyway, so he is the war leader. He is the basically dominant male of his clan. And um, and actually, not so much even by choice. Um, he was the only one that was eligible, and which is in kind of an even bigger question. Um, what has been happening? I mean, granted, the mountains are a brutal place to live, and the dragonborn live a brutal lifestyle. But what has been happening that has so reduced the number of eligible males in the Snow Owl Clan? So. That may be something we have to explore in future episodes. We'll just have to see. Yeah, it, it's in the back of his mind. He's he's right now he's overwhelmed with with the uh, fulfilling the obligations the war leader had, and now you know the rest of the clan is looking on to solve all the other problems. So he's looking at that, and he still has that issue in the back of his head. It's just been dominated by all the other dragonborn issues first, and of course the threat of Lowell there as well. So, but it is in the back of his mind that he needs to investigate what happened to his family at least the male male relations because yeah things happen in the mountains but this is a little too it's a little disconcerting a little disconcerting yeah yeah. Uh, it's a little too convenient that all of those eligible males ended up dying of one thing or another but yeah right but yes uh creval has a few things on his to-do list going forward right and uh i think i've got at least i feel that i've got a good start on getting some of that solved but uh it hasn't been easy. It's been actually really hard <laughs> to figure out where to take Creval. Um, even when he was Gurdenville, I really didn't have a good feel for where this char- good feel for where I wanted this character to go. And as we started progressing this backstory, a little more, a little more, a little more came clear. So, well, actually, let's back up a step um, and let us start in at the beginning. So, you created Gurdenville, mm-hmm. and what backstory did you give to me? I didn't give you one at all. <laughs> exactly. You um, basically just said you had me a piece yeah. of paper that said he was found on the side of the road and had no memory. Yep. It's um, like, okay, then here we go. We can have a little bit of fun with this. Right. And um, what I also liked about, well, but what I liked about doing that was it allowed, it gave me a certain freedom to play a dragonborn in a way that made not a lot of listeners would be like, that's not what dragonborn should be like. Well, I had, an, had a reason I could do that now. He could act more human or what he thought human was he'd be more inquisitive he wouldn't necessarily be stoic he'd be more confused yeah he took a lot of bearing from the human that had saved Mm -hmm. him found him on the side of the road and nursed him back to health and that was his model for how one should act but at the same time he was also a fish out of water in that he knew he wasn't human and so this was all very strange for him right and then Having his, you know, having his natural dragonborn abilities and never seeing another dragonborn for many months. And then, you know, suddenly he's, yeah, well, you know, suddenly he starts blacking out and coming to and not knowing what he did and being told he did things or having things happening to him. And he's trying to catch up to what happened, what, 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 what. And 
yeah, it's been a yeah. The it's been a little headache. Beginning to work his way, yeah, out into the real world there. Especially the closer they got to the mountains. And I do have to agree uh, from this seat over here, it was quite a headache too. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I know, no, I put you through it, but, uh, but I thought it made a, for really good role play. Though. It definitely made for a very interesting thing, and and I think it went on. For no longer than it should have. Yeah. Um, you guys actually were on my sheet supposed to go and do the Embassy to Faram Mons, which is lined up next, before you did this. Spoiler. But at the same time, well, the Baron has already told you guys yeah. that you, you need to do that. Um, but um, at the same time, uh, kind of glad that you guys went and did this when you did because yeah. it – I, I think another couple of months of him having blackouts was gonna just kill all of us. Yeah, maybe literally. Well, I, I don't, and that's the thing I had to figure out is if that literally. Now, now I have a, now I have the more traditional dragonborn, very stoic, very strong, but it's, um, well, well, he may not outwardly act any different. Um, I think because of how we wove the story from the start to now, that now he has a much op- broader frame of reference and more open mind to possibilities. Um, as you've said, you know, the dragonborn don't have arcane casters. Mm-hmm. They have a few nature casters, but no arcane, no divine. And now, uh, now I have Creval coming in with these divine powers, something they've never seen before and sending people up there to, that they would normally hunt upon or prey upon. And now, you know, still having to deal with that as well. But, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, – we're going to be sharing migraine medicine pretty soon here. Sounds good. But um, anyways, let's um, fall back a little more again. So you handed me your sheet. It basically said he'd been uh, found on the side of the road, left for dead. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, actually, I wasn't planning on putting the Dragonborn in the campaign until all of a sudden you said, I rolled up a Dragonborn. It's like, okay, we'll put the Dragonborn in there somewhere. And um, – it's that's when I came up with the concept of the barbarians of the mountains. And that was actually an interesting plot uh, twist later on for your character. Yeah. Um, I remember you were held in the dark for the longest time and we had a conversation, geez, months ago now. Um, where were you guys at the time? I think you were still over in Valles Calliae. And I basically told you at that point that, you were the um, war leader of this clan mm-hmm. and that you had been, by some mysterious force, removed from the Dragonborns and left on the side of the road and found there. Um, and that's when we actually, I don't even think at that point we were talking about uh, Kriv being a barbarian yet. Um, yeah, no, we had we had, okay, we had went, we'd made one slight mention when Galchabar's Tower. Mm-hmm. That was a slight mention because he's mentioned that he knew about the barbarians to the mm-hmm. north, but that was it. Yeah, but and not then, barbarians as a uh, as a class, right? Yeah. Well, I when you mentioned it to me later on, even now, I was like, Is that, I wonder if that was a hint of things to come. But until then, I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna play it as I play it, and we'll deal with deal. But yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I didn't know. Even saying the war leader was not even telling me it was being be barbarian until actually I don't know when we decided to turn him into a barbarian. I know we had. Yeah. That was about a month ago. Yeah. We, and, and I mentioned, wouldn't it be cool if actually instead of a fighter, he was actually a barbarian? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, thankfully, a lot of their skills, not necessarily their abilities like mm-hmm. Second Wind, but a lot of their basic skills, you know, what they're proficient in, aren't all that different. So Yeah, we sense. couldn't have done this if it was like 
a wizard and a yeah. barbarian. That wouldn't have worked out, but it makes uh, kind of sense him being a barbarian and waking up here, not knowing who he was, and just basically picked up a sword and a shield and, and started bashing things like and mm-hmm. became a fighter at that point in time. Right. And uh, I'm I'm wondering if you know in the f- I have weird thoughts about it. I'm surprised other people haven't asked me about it at the table yet. About well, what about your fighter abilities? You know, you had this. Do you still have that? Do you have this? Do you still have that? And the answer is no. You know, Krival doesn't have any of that. Um, and the main reason behind that is is like we talked earlier. He does not associate himself as the person he was. He's who he is. Yeah, he has returned to himself now. Yeah. So with he, all of his skills and abilities, even he even if he still had them, I don't think he'd use them because that's would be an homage to somebody that doesn't exist. That isn't true. Exactly. Falsehood. Real good. Well, um, it's kind of interesting the winding path that we took to get here. Um, as we said a number of times, you guys helped inform me on what populated this world. In this case, the uh, dragonborn barbarians in the mountains, and. Uh, we finally wound our way literally around the kingdom back to here. And uh, where do we think we're going from here? Is, is, uh, are things uh, copacetic in the mountains, or do you think we're going to have to come back here eventually? Oh, I, I know without, without a doubt that it, we're going to have to go back to the mountains just because of Creval, um and the way things are. Things aren't, things aren't settled there at all. There's, there has been everything that I did in the last few episodes is just a little bandaid to the wound. It's that it doesn't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the overall problem being the villain right now, but cutting that aside, there's still, there's still a lot of unrest. There's still a lot of, um, change that has to occur and everybody knows. And any, you know, history is abundant about this. Whenever change comes around, it's always met violently mm-hmm. or at least painfully or painfully. Yeah. Yes. So, um, uh, if nothing else, Creval will have to go back to the mountains, which will bring up an interesting, role play moment with that if that if it gets to the point where it's like i feel i have to send creval back to the mountains but we have something else to go do that's as important it could be an interesting choice that gonna the party's be, gonna have yeah, to make it's, yeah. there's, there's gonna be a possible divide and it's not gonna be a bad divide it's like you guys go i have to go do this and then we'll figure out what happens there i mean that's just a possibility well i mean um it's uh, only a finite-sized kingdom, so maybe you guys could all plan on meeting at the Denny's and uh, Farallons yeah, afterwards. Exactly. One of the things I did like that recently came up, again, hopefully not a spoiler at this point, is what happened between Bryce and I and our characters at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to sit down with him still talk about that, too, about why I did that and whatnot. But basically, that's uh, that's kind of like adopting him into a Snow Owl clan and while he said yes, 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 and I explained what I was saying, now he has to understand what being yes, 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 and being marked means to him now. It doesn't, it's not going to like, I'm not going to say it overtakes his pout and vows or his family, but whether he realized or not, he just added more responsibility to himself, which is, mm-hmm. you know, if you need us, call and we come. If we need you, you have to come. Yep. And I don't think he understands that yet, so that's another problem. Yeah. Well, I also don't th- see, uh, um, Cotter having a problem with that with his his code of honor he would he would no not at all uh, but definitely again, be willing to go it's one of those potential issues it's like well we have to go face this and like but I have to go do that mm-hmm. you know and then it's like well then he's gonna invariably go well what do I do it's up to you because he's gonna it's gonna make it's gonna make it harder on I realize now looking back at 2020 that may have just made this almost very hard on him I hope I haven't because I just thought it'd be good addition but uh well, come on, would the Dungeon Master do anything mean like that? Oh, my God, I hope so. 
that's why people tune into this stuff. So that type of drama. So we shall see. So it yeah. has been very interesting. We uh, got uh, Ad- Adri's backstory revealed with her actually not being a half elf but a half drow. Um, we've a- seen um, Owen's backstory and and his history. We'll have to see if anything more comes of that. It seems like that story keeps going on and on. Well, I'm I'm also really interested in seeing where this whole Orlano thing with him goes, and you know, mm-hmm. I know that in some aspects, I think you know, Adri's and uh, he gets a little annoyed by it, but and I don't, I think Arlen's just confused by why this person keeps hanging out with him. So and I'm a little confused too, but I feel that there's way more there than what's being told, and I can't wait to see what it is. And if it's not, it's not, but it definitely brings up interesting problems, like you know, when Orlana goes down in combat, now here he is, like. You can see the panic on his face. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do here? You know, and then actually, the only person here that has a clear idea of what they're going to do is the paladin because he knows what he's going to do. Yeah, pretty sure what no one's going to do, yeah. nothing. <laughs> and then I got to figure out what I'm going to do, which is probably the weak die. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we said, obviously, with Adri, we've had her uh, reveal on her uh, actual racial background. But yeah, but that was that was a sliver. Yet. Yeah, that was a sliver. That's the that is the one. If I had to pick one backstory I'm looking forward to the most, even more than no ones, it's hers because just because it's the drow. Yeah. Well, everybody's uh, most favorite backstory reveal was yours. Everybody wanted to see what was going to happen there. So now that yours is out, I guess Adri's is the mm. uh, the top of the list next. And then we've had uh, Cotter and the big surprise with his actual uh, you know family state there. You know, it's funny. I, I wasn't surprised by it. I, I, I kind of was like an attached. Like I was watching a TV show. I was very detached watching it fold out. It wasn't like a surprise. And I think the reason why that was because of my character being the way he was. It was like, how would he take this? And people probably take it like I'm taking it right now, which is like, okay. You know, he, I don't. Ha- how do you feel about this? I don't feel anyway about this. I don't even know what is going on. This makes no sense to me, which is. So I, it was very easy to stay detached from the whole thing. You know, he understood the whole marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he understood the uh, obligation thing that Cotter left, came back to. That kind of confused him on a fundamental level. But, yeah, what's, again, it's what's confusing to see is, yeah, now he's married, and that brings about all even more responsibilities. He's going to have all these responsibilities shouldered on him, and he's got to be interesting to see how, he's, how he deals with it all. Oh, with the Dungeon Master being mean enough. Oh, yes, yeah. we already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just further complications. Yeah, and um, there's still no one, the complete mystery. Yeah, and uh, we'll have to see what uh, what his big reveal is when mm-hmm. we get around to it. That could be quite interesting as well. Yeah. So, real good. Well, anything you're looking forward to uh, Craval doing now that he is back to himself? Um. Yeah. I'm not sure a lot of players like this. I've like when I'm not here and I'm by myself, I have a, I'm agonizing over where this character is going. I've flip flopped it so many different times, but I'm very, I, I think I finally figured out how I'm, what I'm going and how I'm going to get there and what I want to do. But I'm just waiting to see how it unfolds with your storyline, because just because I know how I kind of want my character to go, doesn't mean that's where that character is going to go. So I'm looking forward to progressing through the cleric levels, especially of war priest. This is the first, this is the first time since we started this campaign that I've actually felt like I had a handle on the character. Our Tabaxi characters, I feel like I have a better handle on him than I do on Creval. And uh, it just it literally has just been the last week or so that I finally feel like, okay, now it feels right. So now I'll start figuring out. Because you know a lot of people might multi-class in the cleric. Can't think of one person that would ever multi-class any spellcaster of any kind with a barbarian. 
So that's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun combo to play with. Yeah, it is. And, and it's going to be tragic when I kill you next week. But <laughs> you, you know what? It, it, it's D&D. If you don't have a character death at some point or another, which is one thing we haven't had happen yet. We've yeah. come close. People We've come down. Dangerously close. But nobody's died yet. Yeah. If uh, Yeah. I, I think back to it. If um, um, Arlen hadn't done Bend Luck when you guys were facing the Bodax yeah. in the first phylactery dungeon that probably would have been the end of it yes. um adri came dangerously close in a couple of the early fights with the black dragon yeah and uh there's yeah there's been a couple of moments and actually this last uh set of fights with the uh, winter wolves and stuff and the uh, remoras you guys ended up being down into single digits i uh, yeah if, so. it, if, it, if it hadn't been for i mean because i mean there was only five of them but just the way the rounds went if i hadn't if so, if I had gotten hit any harder, or if I hadn't gotten rage off that round, I finally got out. It would have been all over. I was taking huge chunks, and I have probably the largest hit pool, and I was just having huge chunks. I was failing all my saving throws, yeah. just huge chunks coming out. And but it, even that, with the Ramores, uh, no one was down into single digits. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the fire creatures that you, the the worms or whatever those. Yeah, the Ramores. Yeah. Oh, that's what those are. Yeah, I, was, I, was yeah. thinking, I was thinking the Winter Wolf still, but yeah, those exactly. That's a good example. Yeah, and that's what one of my problems is. Like, I, like I could rage and go fly up and hit him, but I'm watching Noan, who is already fire resistant, just getting the uh, Jesus burnt out of him. So I was, you know, let's, let's stay at range. So that and that's that's problematic too. It's you know we don't really have a a leader to this group. Like there's sometimes that Al- Alistair will talk, but for the most part, it kind of seems like it's always Creval that's being told to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, now, well, now that he's war leader, he's kind of used to that. Now, well, now, yeah, exactly. Now I can step more fully into that, but it's also like, well, I can't just go fly into the combat. Now I got to sit back and see how where everyone's at. And, you know, now that I'm, now that I got the, again, spoiler alerts, if you're listening to this, now that I got my clerical powers back, now I have to, and it, things have changed that way, I have to figure out how to now to properly apply that to keep the party alive. So it's, it's a, it's a lot of things, but like I said, now I'm actually really excited because I think now I can actually develop this character no matter what level I put with what, more balanced and more, I'm really more interested to see where, he, where I'll go from there. Very good. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where he develops from here, and it'll be interesting to see what baggage he's brought along from the mountains and where that develops going <laughs> forward. Unintentional baggage, but he has yeah. baggage. So we'll see. Anyways, thanks for coming by. It's good to... Uh, it's always great to be here, Michael. It's, it's, uh, it's good to see a little more insight into our new uh, Cleric Barbarian, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll just see where it goes from here. Yep. Next time. Until then... Let us know what you think. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. Thank you.